Sure. Do you get it? It's a mathematical equation. Um, it might be backwards, I think, for you. I don't get it. What is it? Care to explain? Sure. F-A equals F-O. I don't know, man. So you've heard the expression, fuck around and find out? Ah, yes. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> I, I had to have it when I saw it. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. This is the podcast for clinical researchers. It's also on YouTube, so if you're actually listening to this one, and you just heard Chris's little description of his shirt, you have to go run over to YouTube and look at it. He's got his t-shirt on. It's called Fuck Around Equals Find Out. It's in a mathematical formula. It's amazing, actually. Great shirt, by yep. the way. It's Who got offense. it for you? It's not, I bought it myself. Uh, ah, but it's not offensive, right? Because it doesn't say any of that. It looks like a mathematical formula. So right. you can wear it to an elementary school. It'll be fine. Right. Speaking of F around and find out, well, I got to keep it now clean because I have to do in the beginning of every episode, I got to give the sponsor Viva a huge shout out. Viva Site Vault. Everybody go check it out. It's free sites.viva.com. If you've thought about modernizing, and we're going to get into this topic because we're fresh off a client call. Well, Chris is fresh off. You know, you could the the tension is palpable because there's so many inefficiencies in this industry. One sponsor wants this, one sponsor wants that, one sponsor names this form, this thing, one another one. I feel like Chris, I want to put on that F around and find out shirt too. <laughs> so sometimes you gotta tell your monitors that also. But point is back to Viva. Free e reg, right? Why? Why? Well, the industry is moving in that direction, and here's why. Before they start mandating that you use their systems, just find one that you like and start using it and implement it, because you're going to be grandfathered in at that point, especially when it's an industry leader like Viva, which is what most of the sponsors are using anyways on their back end with the trial master file systems, and the new feature they have where if you have your e-reg e and you just check boxes of things you want to share with the sponsor for their studies, the monitors don't even have to ask you for things. It automatically goes into their TMF. So eliminates emails, eliminates all this nonsense. Viva, Site Vault, thank you very much for sponsoring. And Chris, hmm. the episode is about sites and the frustration is, I guess the main frustration for sites, well, there's many, but one that doesn't involve payments, because that's probably most of them are in the payments category, let's just be real. But, you know, more frustrations. Honestly, you're probably right. I, that's never bothered me, honestly, because you You've do get never paid. been bothered. I've you never been paid. bothered by payments because you do eventually get paid. Sometimes they're just slow to pay, but you do always get paid. And they're usually very good about it in terms of I've only encountered one sponsor in which I had issues getting paid on certain invoices. Only once. And I've been doing this forever. Well, feels like forever, but only one time. It's just a matter of they pay slow, but you yes. will get paid. 
Yeah. Well, that's refreshing to hear. So that's never bothered you. So it bothers most sites that they don't get paid on time. And then sure. we have to wait for invoices when invoices say 90 days to pay and they choose to pay 360 days after the invoice. Uh, that's, not true. that's not true. You don't have to wait a year beyond what they contract. But oftentimes well, it is double. I, I, I find oftentimes it's double. Whatever it well, says in your contract, double. Well, if you want your FA equals FO to find out for sure, you need to be on LinkedIn because people are putting horror stories on there. Really? A year? A year beyond what their contract says? Yep. Wow. Yep. Okay, yep. so that would be a little upsetting. I've never experienced that. <laughs> usually, usually, it's double, usually it's double what the contract says. Yeah. Well, anyways, we're not even talking. What a refreshing concept that we're not even talking about payments this time. Like, mm -hmm. there's other frustrations, guys and gals. And it's in the fact that sponsors are inconsistent between one another because the FDA is very vague about most things. So therefore, yep. so sponsors... So few standards. So, so few standards. So then sponsors take it upon themselves to implement their own SOPs and their own as rules. a site. If yep. you want to be in business for long enough, you're going to work with many different sponsors and you're going to find out. You're going to FA equals F0. <laughs> you're going to find out a bunch of stuff about what these sponsors are requiring. And oftentimes it boils down to the foot soldiers, whether the sponsor monitors their own sites or not, or whether they use a CRO, it boils down to a CRA coming in and telling the site, hey, we need this from you. We don't have this. And you just got off a call with a client who's doing very well as far as getting studies. Yeah. So, But quick, pulling out his hair when it comes to actually figuring out what's going on. Quick tangent to that. So More tangents? Jeez. So he's new to the industry, and I told him repeatedly only take one study. Repeatedly. Mm -hmm. And he didn't listen. So he has three so sites. So he F-A'd and now he's F-O. Finding out. <laughs> <laughs> Your t-shirt's perfect. It's like integrates into this entire conversation. Yes, it does. Perfectly. But anyhow, <laughs> repeatedly told him to take on one study. So he took on one study, one site. Repeatedly told. He took. He has three sites. He took two studies and, and got it for all of his sites. So he technically has six studies. Right? Six times as many as I told him. Right? Now, you know, as a client, you do as what's right for you. But now he's reaping what he sows, right? He, yeah. He's just, he's overwhelmed. And I told him initially this would happen. Right? And well, in fairness to him, there's many doing this. So we're not yeah. singling him out. We're just no. using it as a catalyst for conversation. When you're new to research, one study, one site, until you have that study down and understand everything, or at least have a good grasp on everything in terms of seeing patients and starting up a study at a, at a site, getting everything in order, operations are all down and pat and recruitment and all of that's taken care of and you understand everything. Then, then you can expand, right? Or if you have one site, take on more studies. But, you know, really, Make your mistakes with one study at one site. Why do you want to burn bridges with a bunch of sponsors and have them all pissed off at you? Right. So what are, what are some of the common themes maybe we could help 
new coordinators, new site owners, or even experienced site owners? Like, what are some of the frustrations? I guess if we can distill this client and others' clients in similar situations, frustrations, what does it boil down to usually? So uh, with this client that, that I spoke with and, and Dan was uh, eavesdropping on intentionally, I was letting him listen. Um, yeah. Um, so I understand his, his concerns and his complaints um, in terms of there's just so much information there's such a high learning curve initially in research. And there really is because it's almost like a new language. Um, there's so many different things you have to learn. Um, and it's just a lot, a lot of information to grasp. And then on top of that, this language changes from sponsor to sponsor and what's expected changes from sponsor to sponsor. It, it's just a lot to overcome initially. But once you have it down for one study, I think it becomes much easier for other studies. You're still going to encounter this. To this day, I encounter acronyms I don't understand. And the sponsor speaks to you as though you should understand what is meant by this particular oh, yeah. acronym. It happened to me the other last week. It happens all, it happens all the time, really, right? Yeah. When you take out a new study, you're always encountering or almost always encountering new acronyms that they just think you want to know what yeah. they mean. We were told last week to fill out a SRAP, S-A-R-P. And I was like, what the heck is this? Okay, send us the form. We'll fill it out. And this is one thing that new site, new site owners are very afraid about is they don't want to ask Questions. something when they don't know. Yep. Right, because they think, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So if, if it's not in our book, The Comprehensive Guide to Clinical Research, you probably don't need to worry about it. Uh, well, until you're asked I, about it, if it's I, that's a great point. I wish I would have said that to our client. Um, Thank because he he no, it's an excellent point because he said, and this is why we have we ask research naive clients to take our CRC Academy. But again, there's so much information there, you're not going to grasp it all, and that's what our client said. And I completely agree. But you know what? Read our book because yes, if it's not in the book, that means it's not a standard in the industry and ask if you're being asked for something that's not in our book, that means yeah. you're free to ask questions about it. And it's that not something you're expected a, to know. It's either something sponsor specific like this SRAP. Yep. Okay. This was a CRO specific thing. I never heard about it, but our friend Ashley Margo who works at PPD, she deals with these things every day. And now that we're doing this study, we know what it is, but it's a site recruitment and activation plan. That's what it is. It's a I'm actually going to an activation plan. The more I think about that, I'm going to actually text this client right now and say, "Hey, because he asked us to create a document going over all these things he's supposed to know." Right. So here's right. the here's the document. It's created for you. Go to Amazon. It's, it's our gonna book. Cost, yeah, going to cost you thirty bucks. This is the document. Tell him to send it me his address. I have a free book to send out to someone tomorrow. So tell him to send me his address. I'll send the book out to MT. Okay. All right. Um, so, there's a lot of frustrations in this industry, mainly around the lack of standards, which really, uh, outside of GCP and FDA guidances, we don't have much. And GC GCP is basically patient safety, and we all none like none of us need to be taught that. Maybe we need to be taught GCP 
in the in the framework or in the context of a clinical study, like how to keep patients safe in a trial, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of it. Patient safety comes first, the trial itself comes second. That's GCP in a nutshell. When it comes to actual operations though, like do you need um, a note to file in your ISF, which is your investigator site file, because you don't keep your contract there? Or do you need to keep your contract there? Or um, how do you train? I saw a site ask yesterday, their CRA asked them for an SOP of how they train new staff. Like when you ask things that you haven't been asked before, unfortunately for us sites and all of us working in the industry, the sponsor is called the sponsor for a reason. They're paying for the study. So if they're asking for something, we kind of almost have to give it to them. Uh, now, there is a new movement, and I'm really glad for this, and I wanted to get Chris's take on it, but there's a new movement, and I actually interviewed Savannah from Viva the other day. She works at Viva after coming from a big site as a coordinator, where it's okay to also push back against your CRA and your sponsor to some extent. So if they're asking for something, and it's not part of your SOP, and it doesn't impact patient safety or the conduct of that particular trial, the debate is, do you need to do it or not? Do you need to comply or not? And that's an individual decision that you, your PI, your site owners, site leadership needs to consider, right? But just because a CRA asks you for something doesn't mean you shouldn't push back if you feel like it's unnecessary. Um, one of the things I always ask when, when, they're, when I'm told that I'm not doing something right, I ask them to find me where in the Code of Federal Regulations that I'm going wrong. And usually they're not able to. Sometimes they do come back with, it's the sponsor's policy. And in that case, we are working for the sponsors. So again, it's a site leadership decision as to whether we're going to comply with all requests. But at so, the very least, if you don't understand something, ask for it. So I was busy texting, so I was half paying attention to what yeah, you're saying Everybody there. saw you texting, yes. So I, you may have mentioned this, but if you want to have a good relationship with a sponsor and maintain you know, your business acronym with them, you do need to do what they tell you. Right, because if you're pushing yeah. back often and frequently on what they're telling you to do, they're going to put you down as a difficult site to work with. Right. right. So you have to you have to weigh that out. Right. Is this is this sponsor just too difficult to work with? Which many are, in my opinion. Um, you can push back all you want because they need you need to have an arrangement with them. Otherwise, you're just not going to work with them. Right. You need to come to some sort of understanding that listen, we're willing to do this for you and not this. Otherwise, you know, just go fly a kite elsewhere. We we don't want to work with you. And there's enough work now to where if the sponsor is truly that difficult to where they're requesting you to change your business practices, you might want to reconsider doing studies with them. But if it's just a matter of convenience, oftentimes I've complied. Usually it comes in the form of them asking me, so them being the sponsor or the CRA asking me if I have a SOP for XYZ. And I tell them, yeah, I have it for X and Y. I don't have it for Z. And then I take into consideration, should I have one, 
for Z. And oftentimes I do. I put it in because I think it's a good idea. But I only think it's a good idea because I think it's necessary for our site operations. Because remember, if you put something in your SOP, you're expected to follow it for every study, not just for that study. So these decisions not simple. The FDA doesn't make it easy. The FDA basically puts it on the sponsor and says, look, we've established GCP. We've established our code of federal regulations. It's on you to ensure sponsor oversight, and it's on the site to ensure PI oversight and patient safety. Yeah. Everything else is just technicalities and operation, and that's where a lot of this frustration comes from, our sponsor requirements. Usually having nothing to do with patient safety, by the way. Nothing. Our client said today on the phone that I was eavesdropping on. His nurse encountered the CRA for the first time. CRA found all these action items, which they always do. There's always action item, little ticky-tack violations. If they don't find something, they're going to suspect you of fraud, in my opinion. Right. So. But this nurse got all upset and said, hey, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on all this, Chris? So, more, more frustrations from the client. Sure. And that's one thing you have to understand in research that, well, a couple of things. One, you. so as I told the client, you know, there's three standards that you need to follow. There's... The protocol, and this isn't in any particular order. Really, it's GCP. If in order, it's GCP protocol outcode-C. Okay, those are the standards you need to follow to have mm. to have correct documentation. Correct documentation. Okay. okay. Documentation. I was going to say it's GCP protocol and then site SOP. To have correct documentation in accordance with whatever the sponsor is seeking in terms of your source documents, gotcha. right? Yeah. Um, if you follow those standards, again, GCP, specifically your ICF, um, and then protocol and LCO-C, you should have no issues or very few issues in terms of, you know, problems with or follow-up issues with uh, your documentation. If you're following those, all of those 100%, right? But guess what? We're human beings and we don't, right? We just don't. Um, get sidetracked with other issues, whatever the case might be. So you're going to make errors. Um, yeah. But if you're following those three items, for the most part, you're not going to make any major errors, right? You're not going to have too many protocol deviations or any other significant issues. And that's really what matters. They, the sponsor expects to find minor issues. They absolutely expect mm -hmm. it. Like I said, if they don't, they're probably going to think you're committing fraud. Well, and sometimes even deviations are minor. We just had we had to do a protocol deviation for a study because in the protocol they're excluding systemic retinoids. Mm -hmm. And it turns out vitamin A over the counter is a systemic retinoid. And it's not the one the sponsor intended when they wrote the protocol, but technically by letter of the law, which is the protocol, sure. it's a deviation. Our well, PI thinks it's ridiculous. So does everyone. Sure, except the, the CRA does as well. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but that's yeah. a deviation. That's a yeah. deviation. And it's just you have to you have to follow the rules. The rules being the protocol, right? Mm -hmm. Or one of the three rules set of rules. Um, and there's others, right, that are ridiculous protocol deviations that are out of the site's controls. Uh, a lot of them have to do with the patient. Patient uh, didn't take their medication according to protocol. Deviation. 
patient didn't return medication, could be a deviation. Uh, patient fell outside the window, deviation, visit window. Right? These are out of the site's well, control. For the visit window, not an actual window. Yeah, yeah that's what I clarified. <laughs> because so, that would be an SAE. Yeah, could be an SAE right, if it went up in the <laughs> hospital. But the point is, the, these deviations are outside the site's control. So, yeah, deviations can be very minor, but they're still deviations. Um, you want to avoid the significant deviations, right? You enrolled a patient that didn't qualify for the study. That's significant. Uh, you didn't consent the patient. Oh, that's also kind of significant, right? So, and there's others. Right? You, you dose with the wrong things. IP. That's significant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got to avoid those things. Now, what else? Because he was complaining a lot about investigator site file. This is why I really think to tie it back into Viva. You know, I mean, they're an excellent sponsor, but they're the industry leader as far as tech vendors are concerned in our space. Can you can you clarify that statement? Viva's not a sponsor, are they? Vendor, or you mean spot? Okay, you said sponsor, sponsor of my podcast. Okay. okay. Yeah. So tying it back into Viva and tech, eventually the industry is going to modernize there's a push for for digital everything i mean mm -hmm. we're seeing it with edc edc has been since like 2005 basically electronic instead of paper crfs i predict this next decade i think by 2030 we're at we're digital source digital regulatory everybody mm -hmm. i just I think that's going to be the norm so i, I agree because it offers more control because go back to when you started for in things the like this that we're talking well, about everything because if you go back to when you started this i started right at the turn but you started prior oh, to the turn you started prior to there being edc right when everything yep. was done with paper yep. so yep. i started right when it was pretty much entirely edc 2008 um mm -hmm. i never encountered paper source and CRF that you mailed to the sponsor. Um, but the CRA they, did. They FedEx, they ripped them. They they put the yellow and pink. There were triplicates. Mm -hmm. They put the yellow and pink with the site and they, they took the white one and they FedExed them all after they after they queried and resolved. Mm -hmm. they, they took the white ones and FedEx like a stack of white CRFs to the to data management. So, That's how data reconciliation was back then. And I would argue there's two reasons that they switched from paper to electronic. One, it just makes sense. It's easier. But two, and more importantly, I think it offers more control to the sponsor. And of course. all of the, everything moving electronic offers more control to the sponsor, more oversight to the sponsor. They're, I mean, think about it. I mean... With paper, you can make all kinds of changes so, to the documentation that isn't according to Alcoa-C, right? I mean, you can. Yeah. Whereas if the sponsor is providing you with electronic source that you have no control over, or electronic or EDC less so, but mm -hmm. the source specifically, um, they have complete control and knowledge of what's going on entirely, 100%. Exactly. So, so I think a lot of that push is for these kind of things. Like they understand, okay, there's a lack of consensus as to 
what and by the way, we have to keep in mind sponsors could care less what another sponsor is doing as far as how they're running their trial. Certainly, they the, hope the sponsor wants to run their trial poorly. their way. Yeah, and they are, they're hoping other sponsors are running their trials poorly, right? Sure, they don't sure. want the competition. Keep their sure. products off the market. Sure, and they may borrow best practices from other sponsors, like the, just like sites do. Sure, but at the end of the day, it's not their priority to standardize how we how we as sites run our studies. That's not their job. Mm-hmm. But I think vendors understand that sites and the FDA kind of prefer that standardization more than sponsors do. So the vendors are here to kind of empower the sites. I mean, that's Viva's whole thing is like, let's empower sites to do their jobs better. So in Viva's site vault, the ISF is standardized with the with the tabs for what ISF should be. And there is customization allowed as far as like you can file things wherever you want. But like their tabs, they've decided what tabs should be there. So they're trying to standardize basically. So because you know how two ISFs are never the same, like mm-hmm. the tabs. Mm-hmm. Well, they put the important ones there and then they, they left enough room to where you could put other things that don't belong. But it's kind of like they're taking control of the opportunity to standardize the process. And I think it's actually smart. And I think for sites too, like I think sites, if you're frustrated by, hey, you know what, when if we do 20 studies, we have 20 different ISFs. But if we use Viva Site Vault, we have one standard for how to manage our ISF so we can streamline our operations better. So that's just one example um, of many, but I think it's coming. I think eSource too. eSource is doing certain things like Creo is working on a way with some of the big EDC vendors for passively entering the data from Creo into the EDC. Sure. That's, well, that's like the next integration. So there's 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 work behind the scenes, guys. I know at sites you're frustrated by this lack of cohesion, but there's work well, behind the scenes, primarily from the tech vendors, to solve these problems. Sure, and, and the, I'm sure 100 percent of all sites. Well, maybe not 100 percent because there's there's always exceptions to all rules, but vast majority of sites would prefer if hey. All of these different systems integrated into one system. So metadata is by far the most used system for EDC. So if if metadata joined with Viva for their regulatory and they became one product somehow, one one login, right? And was used for all studies. One what these two systems and then you combine that with the uh, IBRS, right? Or IWRS. IRT now. IRT, thank you. I was trying to think of what the acronym was. So, and then you came up with the IRT that's most used in the industry, and they all three combined. Now it's just one login. There's you don't have to relearn the systems um, yeah. for each study. It's always the same system. It's always the same login. They just have maybe different links for different studies in the system. Well, and they don't even need now to combine. Now it's so simplify. And they don't need to combine. They can just play nice together. And that's really well, what's most likely going to happen. Well, they would. Well, and then you need to add an e-source to that, right? An yes. e-source to that system. So yes. whoever's dominant in that space, let's just say it's Creo. So you put Creo in there. That's the fourth column. 
All of these things just integrate nicely with one another. You know, you enter something in Creo into eSource, it just automatically populates metadata um, yeah. or IV or IRT, whatever the case might be. They're just automatically populating one when it's entered somewhere, like yeah. wherever it's duplicated. Um, yeah, that would make everybody's life easier, including the sponsor. Yeah, and oftentimes, oftentimes you see how ridiculous things are by taking outsiders' perspective. So my CRC, Katie, who you guys might know from the videos, Katie's in charge of data entry. She's in charge of collecting data and the e-source. She's in charge of a lot of that kind of stuff. And I asked her, I said, hey, what's your least favorite part about research? And she said it's, wait, she doesn't understand. This is a Gen Z person talking. She doesn't understand why we collect the data on eSource, and then we have to enter the same exact data on EDC. And I actually don't have a good answer. I just said, well, that's just how it is. But to your point, it, we're, we are slowly moving away from that, I think, into the great integration as well, I'd like to call it. The answer to that's pretty, in my opinion, pretty simple. Basically, there is no difference between using paper and e-source at this point in terms of integration into EDC. There's just Correct. no difference. Correct. And that's the answer. I mean, you just look at it, your e-source as though you're using paper when it comes to EDC. So yeah. <laughs> until that system's integrated, until it's all integrated, that's the way it's going to be. That's right. Another example, and exactly, it's exactly... The fact that we are still majority of sites are using paper source, we are not closer to the integration than we could be if more sites were using e-source. Mm -hmm. But sponsors don't know what data is coming from the study until it's in the EDC. Yep. And same exact thing with AEs. My coordinator asked me the other day, hey, we had an adverse event. She put it in Creo, which is our e-source. And she logged it on the AE log. But the sponsor, because we haven't been monitored yet, the sponsor didn't know that we logged it. So coordinator came to me and said, hey, I did put it. Uh, they said we didn't do the AE. It is. I said, did you do it in EDC? And she said, no. So then she went to do it. So they don't know unless it's in there because that's what they use for their data. That's their portal to your, your data. Mm -hmm. The data captured at your site, their portal to that is the EDC. Correct. Any more so, frustrations from clients that we didn't discuss? Like, he wanted a cheat sheet of all this. It's impossible. Yeah, there's just, because it, it changes from sponsor to sponsor. There's just no way to incorporate, and like Dan said at the beginning, which was a great point, which I wish I would have thought of when I was talking to this client, this cheat sheet, well, there is no 100% cheat sheet. just doesn't exist because all the rules are different from sponsor to sponsor or CRO to CRO. But if it's not in our book, the Comprehensive Guide to Clinical Research, then you know it, like Dan said, it's, it's study specific, right? Yes. So you need to ask more, for more information from whoever's asking you for whatever it is you don't know or understand. You need to ask them for more information about that particular topic because we covered everything that's pretty much standardized in the industry in this book. Yeah, and this is these are examples of, like on the surface, 
clinical research seems like, okay, it's such a great business. You know, it's easy. All I got to do is keep patients safe and collect data. Okay, easy. Like, I don't understand why people think it's so difficult. Well, wait till you start getting 20 protocols, or in the case of our clients, six. Mm-hmm. And you're the only coordinator, and you're brand new to each of those six studies. And, and each brand, of those six studies. And you're have brand new own, to research, too. And you're brand new to research, and each of those six sponsors have their own way that they want you to collect things and report things and do things. To where you're not able to have standardization. And I think some of these tools, like eSource, like eReg, are a step in the right direction for sites, empowering sites to have some level of standardization. And then you could push back against sponsors and say, look, we're using eReg. This is how we do it. I still have sponsors that won't accept our eReg electronic signatures because it doesn't mesh with their TMF. Yep. So in those cases, I have two options, push back and say, well, this is how we do it, or say, hey, this is how we do it, but for you, since your systems are not sophisticated enough to keep up with 2023 times. So a little back, uh, backhand. Yeah. yeah. A little backhand I'll, while, I'll while print, playing nice. <laughs> I'll kill a tree, print, and sign something with wet ink and send it to you. So that gets back to, like I said uh, earlier, that... You do want to do what the sponsors are asking you if you want to maintain a good relationship with them. But, but, and I'm sure Dan actually did say this because he likes to throw a little backhand in every now and again. A little, yeah. Well, a little, a little dig. I think I even told them that's why you're called sponsor for a reason. And that's it. Like, at the end of the day, Customer is always rules. right. Who's our customer? Yep. Well, they're the ones paying us. They're our customer. Yep. Absolutely. Couldn't agree right. more. Any other frustrations you can get off your chest regarding, on behalf of site owners, new, experienced, old, you said take payments out of it. You actually love the way we get paid, so take that no, out I didn't, of it. No, I, I did not say I love you putting words in my mouth. <laughs> did not say that. I can't believe you said that. What I said was, it's never been an aggravation for me. The only aggravation in terms of payments, and I'm sure you would agree with this because you were just complaining about it not too long ago, is invoicing. Um, Invoicing's pain. uh, So why it Creo tries to make it easy. So what would make it entirely? What would make it much easier is just to automate it, right? So, for example, I negotiate budgets for our clients, and and. Dan has a budget uh, that I've negotiated recently, and yes. we try to get a dry ice fee. When dry ice is required, you need a dry ice fee because there's a number of expenses that go into acquiring it and taking care of the dry ice. So wouldn't it be just easier if you enter a visit that's required dry ice and EDC, they just automatically pay you for it? Wouldn't that make a lot more yes. sense? Lot Why do I need sense. to create an invoice? Why do I need to create an invoice? Here's I a visit. You have a... You have the data for the labs. You know, you know, dry ice was taken care of and <laughs> provided for this particular lab. There it is, in EDC. Now pay me for it. I don't want to make an e- an invoice for everything. It just it you want the answer. To. You I know the answer? answer. I know the answer. At least I think I know the answer. What's your answer? Sponsors don't care. Um, they don't want extra data in the EDC that doesn't affect the study. Furthermore, the people designing the EDC, the database, and the biostats, they don't even understand sites have to buy dry ice. 
They just think sites have it. And, oh, yeah, that's their SOP for shipping laps. They have dry ice. It would literally be two lines of code. Okay? Literally two lines of code to add. Was this, uh, were labs acquired at this visit? Yeah. If so, so an if statement, if so, pay site, and then you'd have to enter for each site what the dollar amount is. Yeah. Two lines this, of code. I know. I know. So, so you're, you're turning into Brad Hightower and Dr. Fox. Okay. With what you're saying. They are on LinkedIn all day long about this stuff. But see, I disagree with what you just said was why they don't want to change the system of invoicing. I think to them, it's like, uh, hopefully they don't invoice us. If we get enough duplicates of uh, that, then, uh, you know, we are a business. We don't have to pay them. <laughs> hmm. Maybe. Maybe. That's, I, that's, I, that's the way I think of it. Possibly. The more things they require an invoice for, the less likely they have to pay it. I think the CROs are actually more likely to have that line of thought than the sponsors. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Regardless, invoices take time. Um, and I, really, they should have to pay you more for invoicing, for having to have to invoice, because it does take yeah. time. Yeah. Creo, Creo is pretty cool in the sense that you could invoice from there as well. Like, sure. And then QuickBooks, I use QuickBooks and Creo to generate my invoicing. And QuickBooks did something cool. I generate my invoices through QuickBooks instead of Creo, just because I'm more used to it. And the other day, I reconciled what income we've had in QuickBooks, and it, it showed me an amount, 1800 and it knew it was an invoice. It said, you sent an invoice recently, and this amount, is this that reconciled? Mm -hmm. And it was. So I said, yeah. So it, it did it. So technology is kind of helping uh these things as well we're just like in the infancy stages of that well once they integrate everything that's something they should integrate as well i'll be curious to see if they do because it would only make sense right to, yeah to relieve the sites of having to do invoicing so all everything's integrated with one another they know if these yeah. things have happened right an unscheduled visit a screen failure a whatever the case might be so as we wrap up, I like to do these kind of things where I just completely flip everything we've discussed upside down and say, and this is what I think when I see people complaining on LinkedIn, and mainly LinkedIn about like site issues, the lack of cohesion. If everything was super easy for a site, right? Like let's say everything was streamlined. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be that difficult for a mega company to replace the long tail of sites. Think about I, it, guys. I don't These know. These are our blessings in disguise. I don't think that's true, actually. I mean, because it boils down to getting patients, and how are they going to get the patients? That's part of it. They're trying. To get find a streamlined sure. way to get patients. I'm sure they are, but I just don't think it exists. I don't either. I think it's a fairy tale, but all the other aspects of all this is all other aspects. I agree with you. They could replace. Yeah. So the whole point of all this is actually be grateful for these inefficiencies because it's allowing 
anyone to start a site because you have a value prop. Mm -hmm. If you can figure out this, all these puzzles, you know, put the pieces of the puzzle together. Dr. Fox said it best on LinkedIn. He said, imagine getting a thousand piece puzzle and not knowing what the end picture looks like and then putting these things together. And he said, that's what it's like to have a startup site. If you think about it, <laughs> that's kind of what it is. Like, they hire people like us to help them. We can, like, let them know, hey, in this bottom corner, it's got to look like this. Mm -hmm. So let's at least do that first. And then we go, that, now it's starting to look like a dog. So let's just make the puzzle and finish it. Like, but if you knew, and if all the pieces were laid out for you, why would they need new sites to do this? can just hire metadata to finish the rest of it done sponsor yeah. needs a 10,000 patient trial all right let's hire metadata and viva and we're done but that's not the case and i don't think that'll ever be so anyways yeah, yeah like i completely agree no i i don't disagree with that hey fa equals fo yes it does i don't want a fa on that one <laughs> Absolutely. Anything else? No, I, I think we covered most everything. I mean, you know, obviously sites have all kinds of different complaints, but... Stop I, complaining, guys. Be grateful. I had a site complain on LinkedIn. Check this out, Chris. A new site owner. They're not a client. Mm -hmm. I tried to tell them, but I don't know. Whatever. They don't want to. They made a post. I wish there was a standardized way for sites to apply for and get studies. Hmm. I replied, no, you don't. You don't. Especially if you're a new site, you don't. Okay. Why? Because all the established sites are going to just figure out ways to do that. They're going to F-A equals F-O. <laughs> and who do sponsors always go with? Yeah, absolutely. Established. They the problem the is... Because it's not standardized, these established sites are so busy, they're all over the place. A few of these things you can get into, figure out a way to biz dev your way into getting that study, and now you're an established site team. So you don't want an easy process, I don't think, if you're a, a new site owner. I think a lot of these inefficiencies work in your favor. So in their fantasy world probably what they're thinking is there'd be two tabs to these studies studies for experience sites studies for research naive sites mm -mm. potentially no they want clinicaltrials.gov which has never been made for sites right it's for, it's patients. Made for patients they want something like clinicaltrials.gov where sponsors that want to get new sites post and sites bid for the opportunity to do the studies. Oh. They want like a marketplace. Oh. Well, that actually could be of interest to sponsors. It is. Because, it yeah, will be, get, but not to site, not to new sites. No, that they won't care for that at all because what's going to happen is you're going to get underbid. Yes. By experienced sites, now you have nothing to offer. But this was, a new site, a, this was a new site asking for this wish sure. list. Yeah, that's not something you want because if they're making bids for studies, yeah, you're going to get underbid. 
and you have nothing else to offer, right? So if you already are outbid in terms of what you can do the study for, you have nothing else to offer because you have no experience. Uh -huh. That would be a horrible prospect for new sites. At the end of the day, what sites have are patients and access yep. to patients and expertise for how to handle the assessments. Yep. That's really it. And that, let's be honest, could be commoditized. So take advantage for of the fact that it's not that simple for, right now. For new sites, what you have is two things and how you get studies is like Dan said, patience, because you don't have experience, so it's not experience with assessments. It's patience and then you're willing to take a study that other sites aren't. Yep. That's that's what it boils down to for your initial one or two studies. Yep. Any more frustrations or are you good for today? No, I'm good. Okay. My I only frustration my only frustrations to this day with the industry are like I said, invoicing bothers me a little, but really it's the lack of standardization. That still bothers me to this day. And it was always the first thing that bothered me when I was a coordinator. Yeah. So. Well, like, subscribe, comment, share, guys. Let us know your thoughts in the comments. Catch you all later. Thanks Bye -bye. for watching.